0: Hi, I'm Michelle, and I'm, wait, am I the straight-laced
1: psychotherapist? I thought I was going to be the unconventional hypnotherapist, and you were going to be the super serious trauma specialist.
0: No, you were going to be the relationship expert, like, love expert.
1: And you're going to be the specialist who guides people with down-to-earth techniques for transmuting trauma? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Okay, good. I'll be the love expert. I mean, I am the love expert. I think we have this all sorted out. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a
0: therapist at Anchor Light, and this is Holding Ground. Today and every Monday, we've got a little bit of everything
1: for you. Shall we? Yeah, let's do this. Good morning. Welcome to Holding Ground on KKNW. I'm your host, Laura Richer, owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And we're here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. to talk about all things in the worlds of therapy and positive mental health. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Mooney. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning to Laura and
0: our listeners. And today we are really excited to have Amy here with us. Amy McMahon, thank you
1: for being here. Yes. So Amy is a licensed marriage and family therapist and has a private practice in West Seattle. She has a master's of science in marriage and family therapy from SPU. And she is also a Gottman level three certified couples therapist. Yeah. Hi. Thank you for having me. So, Amy, why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit more about you and your private practice and the work that you do?
2: Yeah, so like you said, um, I am Gottman Level 3 trained, mm-hmm. which means I um, have done three different levels of training in the Gottman Method, and I mainly see couples in my private practice. Um, I have a private practice in West Seattle. Um, I also really like to focus on working with new parents, so parents who are um, couples who are transitioning to parenthood. Couples with young kids um, can be really a trying time in, in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of my, um, I guess, niche at mm-hmm. this point in, in where I am in life. Um, and I also work for the Gottman Institute on a part-time basis. So I, I help um, run some of the workshops that they do, the Art and Science of Love workshops. Very cool.
1: Well, I am so excited to have you here today because we have a really great topic that's very relevant for a lot of my clients, and I'm sure yours as well, is the impact that COVID is having on interpersonal relationships in children. Yeah, 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 definitely.
2: Definitely see a lot of that right now. I'm sure you, you both do as well. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, what a great topic. And again, we're so excited to have you here. Um, so why don't you tell us, Amy, a little bit more about how we can care for ourselves as individuals during this time of uncharted territories. And we actually did a show a while back on radical acceptance. And I know that that's a huge piece of what you do. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I think... I think we can all agree as mental health professionals that people are suffering right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the pandemic um, has had a lot of impact on, on people, on individuals, on relationships, um, on life as we know it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the radical acceptance piece is something that I think is really important to be able to get to. But I think before you get to that piece, you have to really allow some of the grief and some of the negative emotions around kind of how you're impacted by the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, Social isolation is not is not typically good for our mental health. Mm -hmm. We all know that. Right. And um, to be in a place where you're shifting from working from outside the home to working maybe inside the home and also navigating all of the other challenges and external stressors that life throws at you, it can be really tough. So You know, I first like to emphasize like allowing that grief, allowing those negative emotions, really like accepting those and then kind of moving on to this place of radical acceptance of we can't control this. This is outside of our control. We can't necessarily change where we are with this. Um, Once you get to that place, I think it can be a little bit easier to kind of take care of yourself. So one of the things that I'm really big on is, you know, kind of, the bar is low right now when it comes to like the work from home balance, maintaining what that looks like. Um, You might have a Zoom meeting scheduled and your kid walks into the background and that's just life as we know it now. Like there's no need to apologize for that. There's no excuses. That's just, that's it. And so kind of accepting that things have changed and um, allowing that to be, I think is a, a really good step.
1: Yes, absolutely. We don't have to like the change necessarily, but you, I love what you said about creating space for that grief and and just the upset that this has caused to our everyday lives and that we're not going to be our best selves necessarily in these new circumstances. We might adjust to them, but it, it could take a little while. Right. Yeah. Especially for people who are dealing with their kids at home. What are you seeing with clients who are trying to work from home and have young school-age children?
2: Yeah. I think that you know, from all of the clients that I see, the the couples with young kids um, or children who are school age and having to do virtual remote learning, they're the ones who are struggling the most. Mm-hmm. So, it's just not possible right now to be able to do to do everything, everything. that we mm-hmm. are supposed to supposed to be doing. Um, so, recognizing that, you know, in this moment. I need to focus on what my priority is. Is my priority right now, you know, finishing this work project or is it helping my kid with their virtual remote learning or is it taking a break and walking around the block because we're all burnt out and we're all stressed out? Um, I think that one of the things that works really well for a lot of my clients is this idea of self-care being, well, okay, let me back up for a second. I really truly believe that self-care is not a trite like go get a massage mm-hmm. go get your nails done it's a fundamental shift in the way that you live your life and right now that's like more important than ever right so um figuring out kind of how you can get some space especially when you have young kids um, one thing that works pretty well with my clients is I encourage I encourage them to if they have young kids one of the partners, if, if you have a partner, take the kids out of the home for a bit instead of putting all of the responsibility on the person who needs the self-care to go out and do something and entertain themselves for four hours in the mid- yeah. midst of a pandemic. It can be really nice for the partner or for someone else to take the children outside of the home mm. so that you can actually have some space inside your home to do whatever it is that feels like it needs oh, to be yeah, done. That right? sounds mm-hmm. very relaxing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I actually have um, a good friend, her and her husband, even before the pandemic, they would do four hour blocks of time. So Mm -hmm. on Saturday, he would, you know, be responsible for the kids for four hours, not just one hour, because that's Mm -hmm. not long enough, Mm -hmm. but four hours. And he would either take the kids out or, you know, she would stay in inside the house or she would go somewhere. But it was like, whatever you want to do with this four hours, you're not responsible for the kids or for, you know, talking with me. Right. Mm -hmm. And vice versa. So they would switch off. And I think that one thing that can be the most healing, I guess, is really to have that space inside your own home mm-hmm. when your kids are, are not mm-hmm. in the home. I think yeah. that that can feel a lot different than having the responsibility of finding something to do outside the home, especially in a pandemic. Yeah.
1: Like you said, you're driving
2: around finding things to do. Yeah. And it <laughs> yeah. might be more relaxing <laughs> to just ride. to lay on your couch. Oh, totally. Yeah. So yeah. much more relaxing yeah. to lay on your couch and the door is shut. No one's, it's a quiet. It's yeah. Just to listen to the quiet in your house. It's nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: You talk a lot, Amy, about rituals that are really important. So you were kind of touching on that already. So um, give us an example of a, a ritual maybe individuals or couples that are using right now.
2: Yeah. Um, So as far as rituals, I think that making sure you're getting outside, Mm -hmm. making sure that you're having some form of exercise, whether that be like an intense workout or like a walk outside with your kids, like Mm -hmm. that I think can be really important. One of the things that we were doing, my family specifically, in the beginning of the pandemic was trying to write down some of the things that you're grateful for. So mm-hmm. around the dinner table, we would say, here's five things I'm grateful for. And I love that. those things mm-hmm. were not necessarily like, I'm grateful for a roof over my head. Mm-hmm. But it was like, I'm grateful that my daughter took a long nap today. Mm-hmm. Or I'm grateful that I got to go outside the house and get dressed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know, small things that mm-hmm. you're really trying to focus on. Um, and my, even my four-year-old got like really into that. He'd be like, are we going to do grateful tonight? We haven't done it in a while. (laughs) We should probably start again. But yeah, things like that. And there's research that shows that like being really overt about what you're grateful for can make you feel more
1: Mm -hmm. grateful. So
2: yeah, I think that's a cool getting
1: dressed one. at the beginning of the pandemic. I think I wore sweats like yeah. every yeah. day for the yeah. first two months.
0: Saved yeah. so much money on makeup yeah. and <laughs> hairbrushes. Yeah. And yeah. 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 Amy, I really like the grateful list. And sometimes when I recommend that to clients and they're hitting roadblocks with that, I'll have them write down. OK, well, then write five things you were out of your control today. Right. Like mm-hmm. you could not have improved this. Maybe you didn't. You know, maybe you're not grateful for it. But, you know, recognizing like, OK, yeah. The bank was closed or whatever it is. And that was super frustrating. And then, you know, just acknowledging things that are out of your control, kind of like the radical acceptance piece. So um, Amy or Laura, do you have any particular rituals that you like to engage in every day to kind of immerse yourself into that self-care as much as we can do those
1: things? Yeah, I don't know about every day if I have a ritual, but I do like coming home at night and like talking to my partner and maybe Mm -hmm. having like a tea or a glass of wine or something where you just kind of reconnect and talk about your day. And I think sometimes when we think about connecting with our partners or at least with my uh, couples that I work with, sometimes it feels like it needs to be a big event. And it really doesn't need to be. You could Mm -hmm. even just, you know, maybe if you go to bed before your partner, have them tuck you in at night and just Mm -hmm. talk for 10 or 15 minutes about what happened during the day. But I think especially for people who have small children, that can be – really challenging, but so mm-hmm. important, even if you're taking like 10 or 15 minutes just to check in with each other.
2: Yeah. 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 I, I completely agree with that. I think that we get so, so pressured for, um, a relationship to be sustainable. We, we, we are under this impression that we have to have weekly date nights or we have mm-hmm. to do like a weekend trip away without the kids. And it's like, no, first of all, that's not, feasible (laughs) right now or it hasn't been feasible and it's not that's not what you need like Mm -hmm. what you need is really just to have those small moments um the Gottman Institute calls that they have a podcast called small things often Mm -hmm. it's just like quick tips on how to like you know foster your connection Mm -hmm. and um, improve your relationship and it's things like sending a nice text message Mm -hmm. making your partner coffee in the morning um, I encourage couples that have young kids to like really take advantage of nap time. So nap time can be like the time when the two of you just sit there and, and reconnect, you have mm-hmm. a conversation. Maybe you go outside the house, you sit on your back steps, you have a cup of coffee or, you know, whatever it looks like. It doesn't have to be a date night where you get a babysitter and you have, you know, yeah. all of these things that are, that you're managing in order to get connected, Right. right. Yeah. And I think it, when we don't think about it in terms of small
1: connections and we think, oh, we have to have a date night or we have to have a weekend away, then that causes people to just push out the times to oh, connect. And right. they're waiting for this big moment. when, in, And that can be detrimental. And in a, now we haven't connected in a month because we're waiting for date night. Right. And date <laughs> night hasn't been possible. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So it's the small things. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So, Amy, you just touched on uh, briefly about um, how the pandemic has changed our lives forever, right? And grief, um, Mm -hmm. right, is a very important part of this. And I think we're starting to talk about that more. Um, But also um, feelings of trauma and PTSD is something Mm -hmm. that we're really seeing, like pandemic PTSD, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Losing our jobs and, you know, all those kinds of things are causing this. So um, what are you seeing in your work surrounding
2: that? Yeah, Um, I'm definitely seeing um, kind of like a chronic state of trauma. I don't know if Like acute stress. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the acute stress. And Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if a lot of people would identify like feeling traumatized right now, but I think that that's probably what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, We are living in a situation where we really don't have a whole lot of control. And, you know, for the people who are more... Privilege, like your job can shift to being remote you know all of these things um can be done but you're also dealing with the implications of hey how do I manage childcare? how do I do remote learning for my child and then there's the people who are like having a difficulty accessing resources at mm-hmm. this point in time because yeah. they have lost their jobs or because they're on unemployment or they were let go f- because there was no work for a mm-hmm. while right so um I'm seeing more of like the acute stress, but I know that um, there is, there is a bigger sense of kind of um, trauma that people are experiencing.
0: Yeah. And I think we'll see that down the road, right? Mm -hmm. Looking back on this. Yeah.
2: And I think that's
1: important to identify. And we've talked about this many times on this show, but when this is your day to day that you're living in, sometimes you don't realize the effect that it's having on you until maybe something, you know, culminates and there's some sort of, You know, mental health crisis might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but to where it becomes really overwhelming. So I think just acknowledging the stress that's being put on us is really important. Mm -hmm. And that, like you said earlier, we're not going to, you know, in air quotes, it's not going to be the highest standard of of what we expect, the normal or what we're supposed to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys. Well, I love this topic. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be speaking with Amy some more on COVID and how it's impacting our lives, especially for couples that have young children. Amy, tell our listeners, uh, if they want to get in touch with you, where can they find you?
2: Yeah. So you can find me on my website. It's com, And then I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. If you just um, search for Amy McMahon Therapy, you should find me.
0: Okay. Thank you. You are listening to Holding Ground on KKNW, 1150 AM, and we will be right back.
4: I'm Dr. Anthony Leiserwitz, and this is Climate Connections. Young people today will be living with the effects of climate change for decades to come. Some, such as 13-year-old Levi Dreheim of Florida, have watched their hometowns flood as seas rise. Others, like 19-year-old Jamie Butler of Arizona, have experienced water shortages.
3: And those young people deserve representation to stand up against the systems that are imperiling their future.
4: Julia Olson is a lawyer representing Draheim, Butler, and more than a dozen other young plaintiffs. Five years ago, they filed a lawsuit against the U.S. government, asserting that it had violated their rights by permitting and supporting the burning of fossil fuels, which drives climate change. Since then, the case has been making its way through the courts. It was most recently dealt a major blow when a federal appeals court dismissed it. Olson and her team are in the process of appealing that decision. But she says despite the setback, the case has given the youth a public platform.
3: To explain what's happening to them personally and what that means for their lives.
4: And though she's hopeful her plaintiffs will ultimately succeed in court, she says they've already helped to ignite the growing climate movement. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org.
1: Thanks for tuning in to our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richard, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective.
0: And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing. Our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m., Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com.
5: There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com.
0: Welcome back to Holding Ground. I'm here with the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective, Laura Richer, and today we're joined by our special guest, Amy McMahon from uh, Amy McMahon Therapy, and you also um, work for the Gottman Institute a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're here today to talk to us about the effects of the pandemic on both individual and interpersonal levels.
1: Cool. Yeah. yeah. so Amy, we're so glad to have you to talk about this really relevant topic. What are some things that you're seeing with your clients right now? What are some specific challenges that are coming up?
2: Yeah, so one of the one of the things that tends to pop up um, pretty perpetually is this idea of having intentional time with one another. So, A lot of my couples have shifted from, you know, working in an office to working from home and doing remote learning or remote um, work and also potentially doing remote learning with their children now. But um, there's this idea that because we're spending all of our time together during the day, we don't need to, you know, spend more time together after that. Mm -hmm. We don't need to be, you know creating more time or quality time, um, together because we're already together all day. I think we all know that like working from home, um, alongside your partner is a little bit different than having really intentional quality time with your partner. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, one of the things that I really encourage my, my couples to do is recognize like you have the ability to be here with your partner. You can schedule a lunchtime, like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, You can schedule a lunch date together. It doesn't mean you have to leave the house, but it means, hey, at this time, there's a hard stop. I'm finished with this meeting at this time, and this is going to be our lunch break. It's only 30 minutes or an hour or however long it is. But like, that means you get to be intentional about sitting down together, looking at one another, putting your phone away, putting your computer away, and actually just connecting like that, talking through, oh, this is what's going on at work today, or here's what I'm nervous about, or here's Mm -hmm. what I'm worried about, or... I had a really stressful meeting. Here's what happened. Um, you can also I have I have one couple that has decided they're going to try and do like afternoon dog walks together. Mm-hmm. So um, when when their kids are out of the house and they're at home just doing you know virtual um, work from home there I've been encouraging them to really work towards finding some time to be intentional so Mm -hmm. putting your phone away leaving it at home taking the dog for a walk Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be long again Mm -hmm. right like we're aiming low here it does not have to be 15-20 minutes to just have some
0: good time together Mm -hmm. I think You know, even before the pandemic, I think a lot of couples were like, oh, we're in the same room. Right. So that's that's time together. That's quality time. But, yeah, if we're on our phones or just totally checked out and TV or whatever it is. Right. But now it's so much more amplified.
1: Well, and the time that's being spent together is that for a lot of couples is very stressful time. We're working from home and maybe we're all in the same house. And that's actually creating less quality time because we're just trying to figure out how to function in this Mm -hmm. new environment. So, yes, having that time to connect in a positive way too.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. interesting we're talking about this when before I was talking about the need for space, mm-hmm. right? So it's like there's <laughs> yeah. these two like really big needs that mm-hmm. we have, especially as cu- as a couple working from home together. It's the need for space, the need for alone time, the need for that like individu- individuality, and then there's the need for intentional connected time mm-hmm. together. And then there's also like there's there's so many needs right now that you really have to prioritize what is important in this moment. Do I need to leave the house to go on a run? Do I need to, you know, really talk with my partner about how I'm craving a connection? What do I need in this moment? And you have to just sort of think through the priority in that moment for you. Mm -hmm. I think that that's sort of going back to what I was talking about with um, self-care being a fundamental shift in the way you live your life. So self-care so often becomes like, oh, I should go work out or I should go do this or I should, you know, should, should, should. Mm-hmm. When really self-care needs to be, what do I need in this moment? Mm-hmm. Do I need to go to the gym or do I need my kids and my husband to leave the house while I sit on the couch and watch Netflix? Right. like. Yep it's not checking something off your to-do list. It's listening to what you truly need in that moment. Mm
1: -hmm. That's so interesting because a lot of times I'll ask people about self-care or if they're engaged in a negative habit that they're trying to change, like what can you do instead of that habit, whether it's like smoking or overeating. And they will always say exercise. And I will ask them, but do you actually like exercising? And often (laughs) it's no. So in a moment when you really need self-care, if you don't like exercise, that might not – exercise is always good, right? But that might not be the most yes. relevant thing in that particular situation. Exactly. Sometimes, and
2: of course, there's a balance, yeah. right? Like you don't want to say no, no exercising ever. I'm gonna sit here and eat ice cream. But like right. sometimes you just need to sit and eat ice cream right. and watch a show and do deal relax. with exercising tomorrow, yeah. right? Like it's a it's a balance and it's really listening to what you need in that moment. Yeah.
1: So we talked a little bit
2: earlier about radical acceptance,
1: but can you just explain a little more about what exactly radical acceptance means and why we need it so badly during this pandemic?
2: Yeah. So and you guys might be able to help me out here. My kind of idea of what radical acceptance is, is recognizing once you've gone through this stage of sort of like grief and like this part has to come before the radical acceptance Mm -hmm. part, the, the acceptance of the negative emotion, the grief, the sadness, the loss, Mm -hmm. the despair, Mm -hmm. really accepting that. And then once you've done that and you've sat with some of that hard space, Mm -hmm. some of those hard feelings, um, moving to this place of radical acceptance means like, I can't change this situation. Mm -hmm. There's not, I really have no control here. I don't like what's happening, but I'm I am able to accept this and move forward and Mm -hmm. stop coming back, stop going back and saying, what if, what if, what if, or I wish it would have looked like this, or I wish I would have done this differently. It's how do I move forward knowing what I know now? Um, How do I accept the place that I'm in and be able to use some of that information um, that maybe I gleaned from this experience to move forward and um, move forward in a more Mm -hmm. positive way without Feeling like this thing is weighing you down and right. burdening you.
1: Yeah. And it's really the only way you can. And like you said, you have to go through the grieving process and all of the negotiating and everything that goes with that. But after that, you can't really move forward unless you accept what's happening. If I want it to be different and it's not, there's really no space to make a change. So right. we have right. to accept what we're working with and then decide what choices we can make in that environment. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Um, a really great book on Radical Acceptance. Um, I talked a little bit about her on a previous show about Tara Brock. Mm -hmm. She has a really Mm -hmm. great podcast um, and we were talking about rituals earlier and I always like to listen to a podcast as I'm getting ready for work. Now I have to say too, I mean sometimes when I'm listening to a podcast, uh, I really love this one that dissects Lifetime movies (laughs) but when I'm in that therapy you know, self-healing mood um, Tara Brock and Radical Acceptance uh, is a huge thing and it's great to listen to.
1: But Lifetime movies I think can be a great form of self-care. Oh, self my, care oh my God. I, I laugh really need to tune for an out. hour yeah. so I do,
0: like, my routine in the morning and, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. So, um, I can tell you what later what it's called. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't want to get a copyright. So, anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think going back to being intentional with your time and and making time to connect with your partner and and also check in and see what kind of self care you need, and then making sure that your kids' needs are met—all of that can feel overwhelming too. So we want to remind everybody that you're not going to be perfect at that either. We're right. just trying to make the best decisions we can in in the moment. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. yeah I think uh, Julie Gottman talks a little bit about this concept of being good enough. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a hundred percent. There's no way, even in life, that's not a pandemic. Like it's not possible to Mm -hmm. be perfect and to hold all of these different responsibilities and do them all perfectly. Mm -hmm. So I tell my clients a lot, you just have to be good enough. And you know, if you mess up, there's always an opportunity for repair, whether Mm -hmm. that be with your partner or with your children, right? Like that's the beauty of, being a human mm-hmm. and making mistakes and losing your temper and you know not being the person that you wish you were in a specific moment with your partner or your children you always have the opportunity to go back and say you know i'm sorry this is what was happening for me i shouldn't have done that i shouldn't have said that mm-hmm. um and that can be really like um transformational and healing to have mm-hmm. that repair process yeah so that's yeah. something to remember, too, while yeah. we're living this life.
1: You know, and if you don't allow for that, if you don't allow for mistakes or not being perfect all the time, it really can have a negative impact on your mental health. I'm thinking of some clients that I've had just in the recent past months who really question their parenting. I mean, one mm-hmm. client who actually does a lot for her kids and is very invested in being a good parent found herself falling into a depression because she was so hard on herself that she couldn't transition in this moment to be, you know, the perfect online teacher and figure mm-hmm. out, you know, how to entertain our kids and all of and and fix all of their disappointment for them by not being able to go to
2: school and mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it is a lot. And um I think kids are really picking up on that too. Mm-hmm. I know we're probably gonna talk about that in a little bit, but mm-hmm. um children are, are struggling too and it's actually a really great opportunity to practice some emotion coaching with our kids around this. Um, and we can talk more about that when we get to this next segment here. But Yeah, I think that just recognizing, you know, we cannot be perfect and that's okay. We just have to be good enough.
6: Yeah.
1: Well, I think then we'll take a quick little break and we'll come back to talking about um, how we can help our kids during this time. This is KKNW and you're listening to Holding Ground.
3: No matter who we are or where we come from, we all experience difficulties in life.
1: Military veterans know that sometimes it takes strength
0: and determination to make it through.
3: Whether it's obvious physical challenges or struggles on the inside, it takes strength to ask for help when you need it. I knew that I had to get support, not just for me, but for the sake of my wife and kids.
0: Talking about it has helped me feel more like myself again
3: Honestly, it was hard to open up at first, but it's changed my life for the better. Learn how veterans like us have reached out for help and hear stories of strength and recovery at maketheconnection.net.
1: Thanks for tuning in to our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective.
0: And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host of Holding Brown, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing. Our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com.
3: Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150.
1: Welcome back. You are listening to Holding Ground on KKNW, and I am Laura Richer, your host, the founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And today we are joined by our special guest, uh, licensed marriage and family therapist, Amy McMahon. And we're talking about how to care for yourself and your partner and your family during this pandemic. Yes.
2: Lots of things to care about. <laughs> so Yes, a lot of things to juggle.
1: So Amy, can you just tell our listeners who want maybe want to get in touch with you where they can find you? Yes,
2: yeah, so you can find me on um, my website, which is amymtherapy.com. Mm-hmm. And then you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook um, if you type in Amy McMahon Therapy. Fantastic.
1: And Amy is primarily a couples therapist in West Seattle, and she's trained in the Gottman Method. Yeah,
0: welcome, Amy. We're so excited to have you. So um, this next topic we're going to share with our listeners is um, tell us a little bit more about how you can care for your children during this time.
2: Yes. So uh, I want to, I guess, preface this by saying it's not just the adults who are struggling right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Kids, whether they can language it or not, whether they can verbalize it or not, they are struggling as well. Um, I have a client who told me, um, she told me that when her child was on their having their first day of virtual school the teacher asked them like how do you feel about being here and and they said sad mm. and I think that that's just like something we really need to remember mm-hmm. right is like our kids have this idea of like what it's going to be like to go to kindergarten to go to you know first grade second grade third grade and there's this there's this like socialization that they're getting Mm -hmm. too, and like kids they they need that Mm -hmm. badly they need the social interaction with other Mm -hmm. people with other students they you know they crave that Mm -hmm. and they're not able to get that at least right now here in Seattle Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of school districts so I think that just recognizing that kids are having a hard time as well Mm -hmm. even if it's hard you know to have to this role of like being a a, a teacher for your children when mm-hmm. you thought like like I have a few clients who were like kindergarten was gonna be like my time yeah to like be me for mm-hmm. you know for the first time mm-hmm. in years and since I I've had children grade. like mm-hmm. this was gonna be my freedom and now it's the mm-hmm. complete opposite mm-hmm. it's yeah it's you know more work it's more work mm-hmm. it's me being stuck here at home being a teacher and like not being able to do play dates and just it's it's rough yeah mm-hmm. um and kids are feeling that, too. So, And maybe not even totally
1: understanding what's happening, too. I have yes. two nephews that are six and four. And just watching them go through this and not understand, why can't we go to McDonald's and play on the toys? And why can't we go see our friends? Mm-hmm. And also listening to them talk about the virus. And I wonder yeah. what, they, what they're what they understanding that to be, because it's obviously a concept that they don't totally get, but yet they know it's something to be afraid
2: of. A hundred percent. Yeah, and yeah. I have a, a four-year-old, and he, like, watching the way that he sort of understands or is comprehending the virus is so interesting Um, you know he's sort of just accepted no we can't do this because and he'll he'll say because of the sickness and Mm -hmm. I'll say yeah because of the sickness and he's like when is the sickness gonna go away you know good question (laughs) yeah Yeah. we
0: yeah you tell us yeah (laughs) Um,
2: I mean it's it's rough and I've got you know friends who have kids who are starting we're starting kindergarten this year and they're like hey, now when I thought I was going to have this time to be me, I'm a teacher, a homeschool teacher to a five-year-old who does not have the capacity to sit here in front of a screen for this long, right? Right. I mean, they do when it's (laughs) Daniel Tiger or something else, (laughs) but not when it's like virtual learning. Yeah. Um,
0: Oh, sorry. Something I'm really interested in is over time, right? How much is this going to shape our children, right? They're the generation of COVID. We hear about that term going around now and the long lasting effects of that, right? This is their normal growing up with the sickness, right? Right, right. And we talked a little bit about younger kids, um, but I have a much younger sister who is actually still in high school and um, school opened again. It was great. She got to see her friends, of course, with social distancing. She's out of state. So that's why Mm. um, her school's uh, opening again but then three kids within her school community got COVID so everything shut back down yeah. back to virtual learning yeah. and she was just devastated I finally got to see my friends again because mm-hmm. school closed last year early yeah. spring right mm-hmm. um, and now we're cutting that off again um, and then I have friends who have kids in around that same age and they're doing you know social distancing homecoming in each other's mm-hmm. basements and just all these really milestone moments that kids are you know so, missing yeah. so to speak and then how parents are recreating that the best they can for their yeah. children and their friend group. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's really a spectrum of, you know, how this is affecting our children. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think that like the this is where the concept of emotion coaching can be really mm-hmm. helpful. Mm-hmm. So um emotion coaching is this this concept of kind of accepting and allowing an emotion. So let's say your child is Super upset or doesn't want to go to school for whatever reason because they don't have the shoes that they want, right? Or like yeah. their their shoes are too dirty. Obviously, I'm thinking of my own. I was going <laughs> to say, well, I'm thinking of myself. Their when shoes are in kid. the wash and they're still wet and they can't wear the shoes that they want to wear to school. So instead of saying, well, let's let's take this back maybe to be a more COVID um, relevant example. So let's say the example is. Um, I'm really sad. I want to be able to go to school. I want to go to my back to my old school. Um, well, that old school was shut down because of COVID and now yeah. they're like transferring you to this other school and it's a whole thing. And so instead of saying it's okay, all your friends will be at your new school right. too. Like they mm-hmm. all move to this new location as well. It's yeah, that's really sad. Mm-hmm. I feel sad about it too. Right. Mm-hmm. It's sad that your old school is closed mm-hmm. down. It's sad that we can't go back there and you can't play on that playground. Like, yeah. I feel sad too, right? Instead of it's okay, it's going to be fine, like all of your friends and teachers are here at this other place. It's right, no sitting with this hard, doesn't... sad emotion mm-hmm. and really allowing it. And so maybe for a teenager, maybe someone who's a senior in high school, it's yeah, this sucks that you mm-hmm. don't get to like have your senior year in high school that, mm-hmm. you know, you thought you would have, right? Like It's really sad, and I feel sad about it too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I, you know, I feel disappointed as well that we can't see you like live out your senior year in a normal in the way way. that we all had it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. One of the things that, again, you know, when it comes to kind of being with our children and and taking care of them through this time, um, I think that so often we're pressured as parents um, to have these moments with our kids that are based on like the things that they want to do. And that can Mm -hmm. actually feel like even harder for us as parents. And also kids pick up on the fact that maybe my mom doesn't love like playing cars with me Mm -hmm. or whatever. So being able to engage in um, an activity with your child, that's something that you actually enjoy doing. So once virtual learning is over, once you actually have that time at the end of the day, being really like intentional about kind of shutting down the work stuff, the school stuff and having some time just with you and your children or you and your child or you and your partner, all of you um, and making that time something that you all want to do, I think is important. We live in such a child focused culture that so often we're like, okay, I'm going to do whatever my kid wants to do. Cause this is, you know, it's all about them, but it's also can be much more enjoyable for everyone, including your child, if you're doing an activity that everyone yeah. likes to do.
1: Because the energy that you're bringing to the situation, yes. if you're like, "Oh God, we got to play card, you know, cars or whatever," yeah. you don't want to play, is not going to be the same if you really are genuinely. Because that's what they want is to be able to engage with you, right? Yeah, like, and
2: kids are pretty. I mean, especially at a younger age, they're all they really want is to like hang out with you. Yeah. And so, if if you want to go do something, you want to go on a walk, or you want to go to the park, or whatever. Um, they can usually pick up on that and they're yeah. going to enjoy, l- they're going to pick up on your energy, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I think, you know, myself, even as a kid, like bringing my Barbies to my dad. Right. And like, let's play. And you can tell. And I remember these things like, oh, dad doesn't really want to do this. But it's like, dad, brush your hair with me. You know, why not? So, yeah, that energy and that sticks with you. And maybe
2: dad would have really like taking you to ride your bike outside or like to go to a soccer field and kick a Mm -hmm. ball around. Right. Right. And like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's okay. Like he can play Barbies with you sometimes, but you're going to pick up on his energy if you're recognizing Mm -hmm. like oh this is something he really wants to do too he's having fun he's happy I want to see that smile yeah from my parents yep
1: so Amy have you worked with couples who have had children during this pandemic that they're bringing
2: babies home during this time let's see um I don't know if I've I definitely have people who are in the process Mm -hmm. (laughs) of of, um like they're going through Mm -hmm. pregnancy Right. right now um I'm not sure if I had if I've had someone who's actually had a child during the pandemic but I know people who have and I know <laughs> it's it's crazy it's so different even just the the prenatal experience of like going to doctor's office visits and not being able to bring your partner with you and sort of feeling like a little bit alone in that. Not having baby showers,
1: not being able to celebrate it in the same way. I had a client who was talking about how she really thought it was strange but she felt this, she's um, very successful in her career and very connected to her coworkers and that when they have, somebody has a baby that they always do a big baby, office baby Mm -hmm. shower and that she felt this really strong sense of loss that Mm -hmm. she wasn't going to get to have Yeah experience yeah
2: definitely yeah yeah and people are doing like drive-by baby showers Mm. and birthday (laughs) parties and stuff um and I think you know we're talking about this like as though we're still in like the very beginning of the pandemic things Mm. have like loosened up a little Mm, bit right like we do have the opportunity now to like get together outside and like mask and you know Mm -hmm. make sure that you're still maintaining some sense of social distancing Mm but it's still different. Yeah, It's still Mm -hmm. different. And the challenge of, you know, becoming a a parent to begin with Mm -hmm. outside of living in a pandemic is hard enough. And so, you know, one of the things that's super important for new parents is having this like support system, right? Who can come do my laundry while I take, you know, or hold the baby while I take a nap, who can Mm -hmm. like come and do all of these things? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a lot harder to do right now. And so I think couples with you know, new babies or very young children are, are struggling because of that. The lack of support system and the lack of um, community um, mm-hmm. that you actually get to experience right now is, yeah. is a struggle.
0: And they're really having to figure out, kind of like what you were talking about earlier, those like segments of time between the partners in terms of caring for the child, the new baby, right? And oh, I know my kids are napping at this time, so we can do couples therapy for this one little hour yeah. that's available to us, right? But and if that having, baby wakes up, I, there and goes therapy. I can't say that hasn't happened, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's a whole new world.
2: Yeah. yeah, it is, and you know, I think unfortunately, I want to like try and figure out a way to make this better right now but this is just where we're at and Mm -hmm. I think maybe you know if you have a friend or um someone you know that's recently had a child like just checking in with them might be helpful or you know bringing them dinner and leaving it you know at the the door like Mm -hmm. um still making sure that you're really like reaching out and, Mm -hmm. and and checking in on Mm -hmm. new parents right now, I think um, is important. Sometimes just getting a nice text can like Mm -hmm. change your mindset a little bit about the way things are going.
1: Well, we certainly can't fix it or make it better, but we can talk about some different ways to maybe reframe it and see it in a different way. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, Amy's going to tell us a little bit about the concept of finding your next thing. Yeah.
6: High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Washington knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love, If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Washington needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com.
1: Thanks for tuning in to our brand new show, Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richard, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, the co-host
0: of Holding Ground, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing. Our specialty is helping others. Every Monday morning at 9 a.m., Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com.
5: Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you.
0: Welcome back to Holding Ground. This is Michelle and Laura of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. Don't forget you can find us at anchorlighttherapy.com slash get started to schedule your complimentary 20-minute consultation and talk to one of us. You can also find us all over social media, Facebook, um, at Anchor Light Therapy Collective, Holding Ground on Instagram, and also Anchor Light Therapy on Instagram. And Laura, I don't know if a lot of listeners know this, but we're on YouTube. Sometimes we feel these live like today. Yeah. Um, so- <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Check yeah. Yeah. Put a, put faces to the name and all of that. So um, and then, of course, we're welcomed by our special guest, Amy McCann. So welcome.
1: Yes. And so Amy is a licensed marriage and family therapist in West Seattle. And we've been talking today about the impact of the pandemic on our relationships and ourselves and children and parenting and everything. Mm-hmm. And right. so, like you said before, Amy, we can't fix this. We can't change it. But what are some different ways that you help clients reframe this or or look at it in a different way?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I actually just I I recently was listening to a podcast by um, it's called Marriage Therapy Radio. It's by Zach Brittle and Laura Heck. They're both certified Gottman therapists. And they were talking a little bit about like the impact of the pandemic um, on us. And one of the things that um, really stood out to me was this idea of like finding your next So what is the what is it that you've been maybe putting off for for a while because you haven't had the time or the space to be able to invest or, you know, um, put time into a new project? Mm -hmm. And obviously, I'm recognizing that this conversation feels a little bit different than what we were talking about before with people like needing more space, needing like to take time for themselves, feeling Mm -hmm. really burnt out. And that's one like population that's been affected by this pandemic. I think there's another population of people who are maybe like working professionals, like uh, single, young working professionals who are now not getting a whole lot of like interaction with other people because they're working remotely. They're not going into the office. They're, you know, spending time at their homes where they're living maybe by themselves. And they're also working alone, you know, mm-hmm. in yeah. the same space. So mm-hmm. for people who do, where this pandemic is impacting them in, in the sense that they're feeling isolated and mm. lonely and um, just lonely, I yeah. think is such a good way to describe it. This might be an opportunity for for you to think, you know, what is the thing that I've been putting off for so long? Is it starting a podcast? Mm-hmm. Is it... um? Going back to school, is it learning how to knit? Like, yeah. what are these things that like you've always thought about maybe trying, but haven't had the time or space to do? Yeah, this could be a really great way to kind of find that that opportunity and and grow. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to what we were talking before. No matter
1: what your circumstances, that acceptance that this time is what it is, and and we have to look at it in a way that we can use it in the most effective way possible. So maybe we can't go into the office and see all our friends like we normally would. I have some, my 20 something clients, a lot of their socialization is around their work environment and they're at home by themselves now. But what are some things you'd like to accomplish during this time? Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, And it's a, it's a way where you can really like lean into that creative outlet that maybe hasn't been um, tapped into for quite some time. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I've been telling Laura about this a little bit, but my partner has decided to take on woodworking projects <laughs> and has created this whole entertainment system now where he can fit all of his game consoles. And it, it's beautiful, but woodworking was not on the table yeah. before. But <laughs> right. now it's like I'm going out to the garage to stay in this thing. And I'm like, OK, well, I'm yeah. still going to lay here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those are just some examples, right, to picking up on new hobbies. I can't say I really have. Um, but um, maybe well, we're still day. working
1: in the office quite yeah, a bit. Exactly. So we don't have that. Do you uh, want to start?
0: Building
1: something? Building <laughs> to do some woodworking, yeah, maybe. That's yeah. always a possibility. We could do <laughs> some shelving in the office, yeah. maybe. maybe. we can get your partner over and, sure and see you if can you can YouTube do some that. shelves yeah, over there. Right. Yeah, right. A mural of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there has been earlier when we, I was still working from home, we, uh, when I say we, I mean my fiancé mostly remodeled our bathroom and we did a <laughs> yes. lot of different projects so there were a lot of things that we were able to do that we yeah. wouldn't typically have time for so you know and and things are progressing like you said we have a little more freedom but there are still quite a few restrictions in place so we want to learn how we can work around those and yeah. make use of this time and not just you know do the silver lining thing because <laughs> right. we don't like what we don't like but yeah, yeah. but if we can accept with what's happening sometimes we're able to see other options yeah
2: Yeah. Yeah, And I think it's, you know, it's also important to recognize that the way the pandemic is impacting you is not the way it could be impacting someone else. Mm -hmm. So if it's really tough for you, if you're finding a hard time, like getting space and having, you know, time to take care of yourself, there's someone else that's probably a friend or a coworker who's really struggling and who's lonely and isolated. and. So I think it's important to check in with the people in your life and the people around you. Like, how are you doing? What do you Mm -hmm. need? Like, is there any way that I can help support you in in -hmm. getting that? Can I bring by a meal? Can we do a social distancing happy hour? Mm -hmm. Can we you know, what are some of the things that like the people in your life need? Because it might look different than what you need at this point. Yeah, yeah.
0: Kind of like friend love languages in kind yeah. of a way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, even before, again, the pandemic happened, um, they you know, we always say, like, reach out to your friends who even seem like they really have it together. So even the friends who are, you know, yes, I'm doing the online schooling and I'm cooking every day and the meal planning. Right. Still check in with those yes, friends, right. too. Yes. Right.
1: Let's be there for
0: each mm-hmm. other. Yeah. yeah.
1: And another, I think, important piece of that is people are handling this in different ways. Right. Some mm-hmm. people are really strict and they're, you know, maybe not leaving their houses very much other people are a little bit more lenient and that's causing some some conflict in in relationships and so just being respectful of you know my needs might be different than yours Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
0: all right. Well, that about wraps us up for this episode. Thank you so much, Amy McMahon, for joining us today on our this episode about COVID, how to care for ourselves, our intimate relationships, and also our children. Very important topics. Yes. Um, and would you like to remind our listeners where they can find you? Yeah.
2: So you can find me on my website at amymtherapy.com, or you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. It's Amy McMahon Therapy. Thank you so much for joining us, Amy. And don't forget, if you want to find myself, Laura
1: Richer, or Michelle, we're at anchorlighttherapy.com. And thank you for listening to this episode of Holding Ground on KKNW. We'll see you next Monday morning at 9 a.m. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective.
0: And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com.
1: We'll see you next week.